1: Oh, Welcome this morning. It's my privilege to preach this morning. Praise the Lord. I like it. And like I said before, you guys are great listeners. Although although sometimes you wonder because you can just hide it better (laughs) if you're not listening. (laughs) You're just sitting there. Kids, when they're not listening, they're doing a whole lot of other things too. (laughs) We read a book about thinking with your eyes. Your eyes point to what you're thinking about, and obviously they're not pointing at me. (laughs) They're pointing at your friend, and (laughs) we can just like, you know, kind of fake it, but God is good. (laughs) <laughs> we can listen. We can hear. Praise the Lord. I had. I was in the. I was in the, um, was in the uh, Sunday school last week, so I listened to the the service online uh, later. So you can do that. You can also re listen to it again. And and I was I was uh, blessed by Pastor Gwen's message and and about you know the devil and putting him in his place that he's not as big as you think. And she talked a bit about yin and yang and and how th- how the God is not the balance. Uh, 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 this, there's not a balanced scale of God and then the evil like the world would have and, and balances because people want things to balance out like in equations and math and we're talking about like the equal sign or we're putting things on a scale at school and so we're using a scale that's like really big and fun and dramatic and you can put things on one side and then you put things on the other side there's nothing that you when you have God on one side you can't put anything on the other side to make it balance. Or push it down. He's there's no equal to him. We could combine everything and everything in this world, and we wouldn't even move the scale. He <laughs> there's nothing that can move the scale. There's nothing that can equal him, and and it, he's so good. And and there's nothing that can come against him, and nothing that can come against you, unless you allow it. Praise the Lord. So. Uh, uh, and, I, and when I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about what to speak on, I was, it, I always, it brought to mind my, a message, my first message that I gave, that I ever preached. And I talked about a coin. And so I talked, and here's my coin right here. I have a coin. And usually, like, you know, have you ever played a game where you have to flip who goes first? Sometimes we, you know, at school we do that. Just, you know, because, like, it's hard for a uh, five-year-old to let someone go first. And so, so you're like, you, can fl- you could flip a coin <laughs> to, like, remove that. And then at the, uh, even at the football games, they'll, they'll flip a coin to see who goes first uh, and who receives the ball. And so, so it's a flip. And then odds are 50-50. It'll be heads up or tails up. And so the God's word tells us that we're the head and we're not the tail that we're above and we're not beneath. Amen. And so when we think about our, our, our coin, we don't have to let it fly through the air. We don't have to flick it up in life. But we can always let the, the head side stay up. Amen. We can let that head side stay up. We can be in faith. Yes. We can stay in faith. And sometimes we flip it over and we get over into the fear side and we kind of flip it over and on the wrong side, but it's an easy fix because you can just flip it back. Yeah. You can just flip it right back and go back to where you're at are. Yeah. We don't have to flick it in the air, don't have to leave it to chance. We can just on purpose make sure that our coin is facing up, that our head side is facing up, that our faith side is always on the top side and that the fear is underneath yeah. and it's even eradicated and gone. And so we can live that way. We can live with the coin side up. Amen. It's super easy. So this morning, I'm going to talk a bit about walking in the spirit. And we can, we t- and, and usually when you talk, talk about walking in the spirit, there's walking in the flesh. And then there's walking in the spirit. And so either or, like with that coin, right? You can be with the walking in the spirit side, or you can just have that down and be walking in the flesh side. It's not really an either or. But when it comes to being on the earth, we're in our flesh all the time. I can't just go and minister. Like when, when we went to Ecuador, I had to get on the plane with my body. And I had to <laughs> fly there. And I slept there. And I did, I ate there. I did all the things there. I ate guinea pig there. I just a little bit. Enough to know that it was a good, but enough to know that it was weird, but (laughs) both, but I had to go there. I couldn't just like, like, you know, maybe like one day it would be nice to translate. Like some friends did in the Bible. Like I, you know, I could do without the airplane. Thank you very much. But you need your body to go. If you translate or not, Like you're not like you, you know, like you translate your whole body goes there. His whole body, you know, Philip's body went to the other place, not just his spirit, you know, because if that happens, you're dead. So, (laughs) so you need, you need both to function, to work. And so you've got this flesh, but how do we keep it under? And what does that look like in life? Now, I I just want to go to like an example. And this is like a fleshly example. Tiger Woods, because I wouldn't say he's saved. Well, maybe he is now. I don't know. I don't know him now. But he is a golfer. And I don't know if you ever saw any of those things when he was like three years old and doing the thing into the cup on the night shows. Like, wow, look at this talent of this little boy. Look at how he's doing. He's doing really well. And then he, he obviously gets into the golfing game. And he's doing the PGA Tours, and he's winning. He's doing a marvelous job at what he's doing. He has skill. He's got natural ability, and he's doing it. But he came to a place where he realized my natural ability and how I'm doing it now is not the best way. I'm winning now, but if I want to do better, I need to completely change my swing. And so, I don't know about you and thinking about that, but it's really hard to get a five-year-old to hold a pencil properly after they've been using it for a year or more the wrong way. That's right. And it's, this is one of the things that I'm working on. <laughs> Use your pinchy fingers. Use your three pillow fingers. Does your fingers look like alligators? Oh, no, they don't. K fix your fingers. And then even have to go in there, help move hands, fingers, and then, and then walk around and then look back and it's back to the right way. It's back to the way they did it before. Remember, use your pinchy fingers. And then they also, too, children, they'll copy. They'll learn to copy their name, but they're not doing it in the right way. So imagine one of my children who was, like, doing an E, like, the lowercase e, you just go, you know, straight line around and then around. It's like doing a this, and then the line, and then the that. So inefficient. But they don't know. They don't know the best way to do it. They only know, they just look at it, and then I'm going to make it look the right shape. It doesn't matter how I did it. I got there. It looks <laughs> somewhat similar to what I see in front of me. So they copied it and they did it and it, but it was, it's, you know, and then they learn the right way. And then there's a whole retraining process and helping them to do it the right way because they've been doing it the wrong way for quite some time. So Tiger Woods does this. He changes his swing and uh, to do better. And he, I think he's won some things, but also, also to, I wonder, I, I question if, if your all the areas of your life are going well, how much better can you do? Because I've I've heard some you hear some stories about cars and trees and you're like how did that happen? And when all areas of your life are going well, it's going to go better for you in all areas of your life. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Because you know, if you're crashing into a tree, your body's got to heal, and then how is that going to affect your swing? And what, you know, if you can't walk or you, did, you injured or something, you're going to have to wait, you're going to have to heal, and then you have to do, you know, what Jesus heals. But when you're in the flesh and you're not believing what Jesus does, chances are, well, you know, if you do, you, might not, you won't get into that mess in the first place, and you won't have to recover because you're transformed, and you're well, and you're going through life, and everything's going good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So he changed his swing, and we can change ours. We can keep that coin on the right side, facing up. Let's go to Romans 8. Praise the Lord. And then we're going to start, I think, in 6. We're going to do some jumping around in Romans 8 while you're going to Romans 8. So for me, I have some things I can draw upon when my, in my teaching career. I can draw upon my training. I can draw up upon experience. Uh, and I can draw upon other, fr- uh, other, other coworkers. And, and maybe they have a suggestion for something that's going on. I can draw upon uh, my Facebook group. They have a lot of kindergarten connections. So great. Everyone shares their ideas, and you're like, "Wow!" And it sparks interest, and you're like, "And you're like, whoa, look at that!" And then you, change, you're like, "Oh, I want to try that too." So lots of things I can draw upon, but I really want to make sure I'm, my main draw is the Spirit. Amen. So if we look in Romans eight and six, it so, says, "Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death." Death that, is, that compromises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and peace, both now and forever. So we have our coin. I'll go back to my coin. So we have our flesh. We could have our flesh side up, or we could have our spirit side up. And it's kind of our choice. Well, it's not kind of, it is our choice. Uh, Verse seven, that is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God. For it does not submit itself to God's law. Has there ever been a time when you knew what was right to do? You knew the right thing to do and you're like, I know what's right. There's that enmity and that hostileness there. You're like, I know what's right to do, but I don't want to. I don't want to, God. They were mean to me. They said mean things. You want me to give that to them? What? Oh, you know what? You know what? Yes, honesty time here. Yes, I can be honest to you all. You're like, oh, you need to go over there and help that person. They didn't help me when I needed help. I don't, no one's had those thoughts, I'm sure. That hostility. <laughs> when you know what's right, you know what God told you to do. Hmm. Enmity, hostileness. So then, those who are living a life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to him and now but, but you, who is this you, who is this you he's talking to, are you reading it, are you looking, do you have your eyes or are you listening to me, but you, who's you, that's you, (laughs) this, the other part is not you, sometimes you can go, oh, but it felt like me, but it's not you, that's not who you are. Let's make sure that coin is faced the right way. Part of it's knowing who you are. And so you know which side of the coin should be faced. But you are not living the life of the flesh. You are not living that way. You are not living that way. You have flesh. Oh no, what does this mean? We'll get there. (laughs) Because you need that body just like I needed it to go to Ecuador. I was not in the flesh going to Ecuador. I was doing what God told me to do, to go there, minister there. Great things happened. A couple standouts that I was like, these were the reasons why you went there. Seeing lives changed. But I also did other things. I ate at restaurants. I visited with the people. I just socialized too went to the equator and saw where the equator was stood over top and took pictures because you got to take a picture of uh, one foot on each side you can be in the spirit and you can have fun and it doesn't always have to look like preaching or praying or everything super holy you can be in the fl- we're gonna uh, we're gonna be in the spirit After service, going to fellowship with one another, encouraging one another, writing Christmas cards to bless other people. We make it super, super challenging and super, super unattainable. But you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the spirit. Why? Because God's word says so. Do you believe it? Do you believe God's word? Do you believe what it says? Then what it's saying here is you. This is who you are. You are someone who is living the life of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, does he really dwell within you? Yes, Yes, he does. He does. And if he doesn't, you can just fix that. We can pray for you this morning. It doesn't even have to take hands being laid on you. I mean, no one laid on the hands on the 120 God just came and they got filled with the Holy Spirit. There was nothing, you know, no one just went over and touched them. It doesn't have to happen that way. You can say, I receive, and you can get it. Super easy. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you and directs and controls you, but if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, uh, he is none of his, none of God's. He does not belong to Jesus, nor is truly a child of God but we are. We are his children. We belong to him. We're walking in the spirit. And we can just believe that word and not let the things of yesterday pull us down. Because they can be quickly dealt with by under the blood of Jesus and washed away. And you don't have to remember them anymore because God certainly doesn't. But if Christ lives in you, and we just sang to him this morning, this Jesus that lives on the inside of us, thinking about that, then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, the spirit is alive because of the righteousness that he imputes to you. And if the spirit of him who has raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Jesus Christ from the dead will also restore to life your mortal short-lived and perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I I talk uh, to the kids a lot about that, a a little, like, when it comes up, but talking about how we're in a body that's our earth suit and how in heaven we're going to have a different body. And I love the imagination of little kids who, you know, later talk in the car with their parents and say, you know what, I'm going to have a gold body that's the body. I'm going to have a gold one. And they think, (laughs) and maybe they will. I don't know. I think it's sure it's going to be more fabulous than what we can really think of. That that a body that doesn't get sick, that doesn't die, that doesn't break, that doesn't have those things. But You can have that body now. That body. You don't have to die because you were sick. You don't have to. You can have the long life that God has for you. And when your time is done, you can go. You don't have to like, be taken suddenly or taken wrongly. You can set yourself. I'm going to be on this earth for the amount of time God says. Some people limit themselves, and they say, oh, I'm only going to be around this long. Chances are they're only around for that long. But I want to be around here for a long time because there's lots of things to do and people that need saving. And how selfish would that be if I would go before my time so I couldn't talk to someone else about Jesus? I want to talk to everybody that I can. And the longer I live, the longer I can talk to people. So then, brethren, we are debtors, but not to the flesh. We're not obligated to this body. This body is here. It can be a blessing to you. It's a blessing. It can be a blessing. You can start saying, my body is a blessing to me. My body helps me get where I need to go because I can't get there with my spirit only. Maybe we're praying for someone from a distance, but when we need to do something, we actually need to go with our body, like I said. But we're not beholden to this body. In kindergarten, there's a lot of friends that need to go to the bathroom, like all the time. And wouldn't you know, right when they have to sit and learn, that's the time that they want to go pee. And all of them go, and then when as soon as someone says, I got to go to the bathroom, wouldn't you know, there's five more that all want to go to the bathroom. And I constantly, I'm like, you know what? Now is not a good time to go. I'm like, but you can go. (laughs) There's a lot hidden under my mask. (laughs) But I said, when was a good time to go? When you were all playing five minutes earlier, you could have gone then, but now you need to go now? Anyway. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Or like when you're in the car, ready to leave. Right, Eslyn? (laughs) You got five. Chances are. Yeah, I got 22, and chances are, so. (laughs) But, like, you don't have, like, your body wants to do things, like, and it gets hungry, and it's like, you know, like, you start to smell the food, and you're like, oh, it's faith dish this morning, and then all of a sudden, you're one of those listeners that's looking, but not really, you know, getting it in the brain. (laughs) But you can make a choice to purpose. You can make a choice to purpose. And I think you're very much able to purpose yourself better than a five-year-old can. That, you know, this is more important. And what it comes down to is, are your errands for your day more important than spending 20 minutes with someone in a grocery aisle? And that's really what our choice is. Do you need to go do that banking errand today? Will it inconvenience you tomorrow. You have to do it tomorrow. You have to fit it in somewhere. I've had to make choices to sit and fellowship with people. You know, no, I love, I love you all. I love to sit in fellowship. <laughs> but like, typically at work or something, to connect with people takes time. Yeah. And a hi, how are you, you're fine, walk by, sometimes is not what people need. And that's really what we're talking about. Because really, you know, I'm hungry, I'm this, I'm that, all those things. It's really an important, we're talking about souls. And that's what we're talking about in our day. And do you want your schedule to be followed more than you want someone to go to heaven? And so these are just things that we need to think about and evaluate so that we're ready for the next time we see someone. And you know, has there been times when I saw someone on the street and i'm like oh i could have stopped and turned around it's happened and i shouldn't have i you know and it really we can we can set ourselves to have this coin up and make that hard decision that's coming tomorrow that's going to inconvenience it's not going to be it's it's going to it's going to mess up your day But whose day is it really? Whose day is it really? Is that the thing you're going to say when you talk to God when we're at the end? That person. But God, I really had to go get that from the grocery store. Yeah, that's a toughie. So then, brethren, we are not debtors, not, uh, we, are, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live, a life ruled by the standards set by the dictates of the flesh. But we live for we live, according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death making extinct and deaden the dead evil works prompted by the body. You shall really and genuinely live forever. Because it's really, it is those inconveniences. Or then I just, the just, I want to, I just want to do that. But what if you give into that just want to? You're going to feel bad anyway. You're going to have to repent. You're going to have to pray, talk to God, repent, deal with yourself, and then deal with the ugly, ugly I wanna thing and that kind of thing. When you could just deal with it and nip it in the bud right away. And you don't have to do all that. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, who's led by the Spirit of God? We are, you are, I am, are the sons of God. For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once into more into bondage of, or fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship in the bliss which we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are the children of God. Knowing that doesn't that make you more bold? Doesn't that make you more excited to do what he wants to do, wants you to do? That you're his child, that you get to spend time with him. Kids love to spend time with their parents. They just love it. They love to spend time. They tell me about it all the time about you know when they did this special thing and they went there and they did this. They love to spend time, and it's so and they love to spend time with me in the classroom, but I could easily get wrapped up with what we're doing throughout our day. And there's things that we have to do, but there's things that we should do. And you know, like maybe we don't need to do that math lesson, but go on a walk outside or do something different and change up the schedule. Do something that they need, they need to go play. Because I could try to fit it all in, but they're not happy, I'm not happy, nobody's happy and when we're looking at i'm looking at the quality of learning not the quantity and so this is about quality of life quality of life for you to have this confidence knowing that you're you can spend time with god that it's not a drudgery for him it shouldn't be a drudgery for you spending time with him getting to be with him and allowing and inviting others to have that same privilege and honor to do so. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. So let's jump up to the top of Romans 8. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation, no a judging guilty of wrong, For those who are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that great? That when I can talk about things this morning. That they can convict. There's no condemnation. There's no condemnation in him. But there's a choice. Just to move on and do right. And to move on and do right in him. No condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Who live and not walk after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. Like we heard this morning, Pastor Gwen said, if there's something that God prompts you during the service to speak, prophesy, prompts you when we're fellowshipping later that you need to sit by a person or do something or say something to someone, just go do it. It's so easy because the... As soon as you start to do it and you keep on doing it, it's natural. It just becomes a part of who you are. And it's easy. And it's the coin facing this way. And it's so natural that the other way seems odd. And it's not who you are. Have you ever seen that when someone does something? It's harder, it's harder to recognize in yourself. But when someone does something out of the norm, that's not their usual self. And you're like, hey, that's not how they usually are but don't you know God is never like that? And we can be that way. Firm to a fault. Firm. And then that, that when people come, they know who you are. People know who I am at work, at home. Sometimes they start to make assumptions, but oh well. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> they, they can sometimes make assumptions out of you that are wrong. And that's where you can just say, oh, well. (laughs) Oh, well. They don't know and they don't understand. And it comes to where are they and where are you? When we're walking in the spirit, we're minding the things of the spirit. We're not worried about the things of the flesh. And when someone's in the flesh, oh, well. Oh, well. We don't have to get sucked into that with them. (laughs) <laughs> and there's there's a place where you can actually not have to choose in that moment to get to, I'm choosing to stay in the spirit. There can become a point in your life when you don't have to go and set yourself because it's a temptation to do that. It can be a part of who you are to not let it bother you, to not let it tempt you to get into the flesh because we're walking in the spirit. We're not going to be drawn into that. That is the old us. That's down. That's way down, deep, under the blood, washed away, gone, way under that coin. And we're in the spirit, walking by the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus... Has made me free from the law of sin and death. It no longer has a hold on you. It no longer can touch you, contaminate, or do anything to you. Praise the Lord. So let's go to Galatians 5. The grade ones uh, uh, classes at our school have a memory verse. There's this Philippians 2:14, and I'm sure it's not by accident that it's their their memory verse, and that it's very close at the beginning of the year. To do all things without grumbling and fault finding and complaining against God and questioning and in doubting among yourselves, that you may show yourselves to be blameless and guileless, innocent and uncontaminated children of God without blemish. Praise the Lord. That can be us, to do everything without complaining. Have you complained this morning? Well, you can say you can repent. (laughs) Have you complained? Yeah, you can repent. Super easy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I I heard them saying that, and I'm like, well, praise the Lord. I hope that it's going in. But we, we go to this place and we're like, well, we're in our body. We have to eat. We have to do these things. We have to stop and do. we have to go do this and we have to go do that. And we have, you know, and, and there's all these things. We have our work. We have to be on time. Well, don't you think that God would uh, make, have things work so that you don't have to worry about be late, being late to work? Like things would work out. Things have to work out. God's not going to call you away from something or a place you need to be that you need to keep. If you have to keep your word for something and to to show honor to a person, do you think that he would not make it so that people are treated honorably? His plans will work out and honor everyone if you're following them. Some people are upset and they get complaining and, and they get like that and... Really, it's not your business that they're how they're responding to how you're obeying God. It really doesn't matter. Sometimes it feels like it hurts because you know a family member really knows what to say and to tell you, or a friend really knows what to say and tell you to hurt and to sting. But we can stay in the spirit. We can stay even when family members don't like what you're doing, don't like what you're saying don't like what's going on, praise the Lord, you don't have to be concerned with that. We're not pleasing people, we're pleasing God. And so in verse 16, it says, But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled by and guided by the Spirit. But he's not forcing us, he's leading us. And we can follow or we cannot follow. We can leave that coin face the wrong way down and be miserable or we can just keep it up and we can be led and do the right thing because really you'll feel better all the time if you do the spirit uh, responsive to and controlled and guided by the spirit then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh oh that's so interesting that it's not about i'm not going to do it i'm not going to do it i'm not going to do it i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do this it's not about that. It's forcing yourself. That's not what God's doing here. He's leading you. If you're really focused on him his leading and what the spirit is saying and where you're going, you're not going to be be worried with the things of the flesh. Be looking at the right thing and he's going to lead you the right way. And it'll go better. And then you will certainly not gratify your flesh. We don't have to be worried about, oh, I'm going to get into the flesh again. Oh, I'm going to do that again. No, you don't. Yeah. Not if you're following after, after, after the Holy Spirit and doing his leadings. And if you miss it, so what? So what? It's okay. We got the blood of Jesus. We can repent. We can turn. If we miss it, you've missed it. I know I've missed it. I'm sure you've missed it. I don't think there's anyone that hasn't. And we've seen in God's word, people have missed it. Yeah. People miss it. But we don't want to focus on the misses. Right. We want to focus on the rights. Amen. And where people may got it right. And he can, God can even turn where, even he's done where I've missed it. Where I've had made a wrong choice in my job and things didn't go well in New York. I stayed when I should have gone. Didn't listen about time periods. No one else has done that. God restored everything and then some. I just had a wonderful meeting with my principal last, before the end of the year last summer and, and to be in a different place. It's such a different place. And he didn't, God didn't say, oh, you can't have that back. He gave it back, but better doesn't withhold those things that are meant for you, even when you miss it. Hallelujah. For all the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are opposed to that flesh, like we talked about earlier, for they're antagonistic to one another. But when we're in Him, and we're following after Him, how can we be antagonistic to Him? We're leading, and, and when He's leading, and we're following. It's so great. Other people may be antagonistic. <laughs> and, I, I, and I can guarantee that there some, will be some that will be antagonistic to you, what you're doing. But not the people that are running with you. Not the people that are following the Holy Spirit, like you are following the Holy Spirit. The water only goes one way. Water can't go the other way, can only go one way. And you're with, when you're here, you're with us. When you're out there, you're with us. And we're with people we don't even know we're with. And and we're praying for people we don't even know and that are with us. And people are praying for us that we don't even know are with us. It's amazing. It's amazing. But you are guided again. This says it again. If it says it more than once, it's important. If it says it once, it's important. <laughs> but if you are guided in verse 18, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. You don't want you don't want to follow the rules because of the rules. you want to follow him and him you in him you don't have to worry if you're doing the wrong thing. when you're following him you're doing the right thing. There was a whole lot of rules that are really boring to read. You can go and read them. They're in the Bible. They're in the Old Testament. And there's some rules that I'm like, I don't know how I could keep all that and remember all that. And you know what? They didn't have like it written down somewhere, like in a phone so that I could check it. (laughs) No, you had to like remember all this. And so I could imagine doing stuff Not on purpose, but completely by accident, because there's so many of them. But praise God, we don't have to follow rules, we follow a person. And he'll lead us the right way all the time. All the time. So in in here in, in Galatians, it talks about some of these works of the flesh, and it talks about the works of the Spirit, And I could read this list of works of the flesh, but eh, you could go read it later. We don't need to focus there. But if we jump down to 22, it says, but the uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within us accomplishes is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper and forbearance. This can be yours if you're in the Spirit. You don't have to have a, a bad temper. And you don't certainly have to convent, confess that. Oh, I have a bad temper. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> That's your, corn, co- your coin firmly placed down the wrong way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Peace, patience, even temper and forbearance, kindness, goodness, Benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, and uh, continence. Against such thing, there is no law that can bring any charge. If we're doing what he says, these fruit are evident, and they're flowing, and they'll always be present in what you're doing. You don't have to worry about it showing up, but you can certainly see it in other people. And so when you see... The fruit in other people, it's it's very clear. You can tell who's a Christian, who's got the Holy Spirit in them, and who doesn't. It's very clear. And then the thing is, is why are we thinking that they should be like us, when they clearly cannot? They cannot produce these things if they're if this, the Holy Spirit isn't on the inside of them. And the world would have us think that what they say about these things is truth. What they say and how they define love is the truth. That cannot be, because if they have the Holy Spirit, it's going to produce what the Holy Spirit produces. Amen. And so if it, they're saying it's one thing, chances are, actually, I'm gonna do this later, I'm gonna look through, because I think it might be something else in the other list that they're trying to pass off as something in a list that they want to be part of. But the only way to be a part of that list is to have the holy spirit on the inside of you. And they do get produced. This morning we're going to have communion. If you're with us online, you can gather something. It doesn't have to be uh, doesn't have to be juice. It can be orange juice, it could be water. And then some sort of bread. We're going to do that this morning. Uh, I want to go back to Romans eight, though, to read there. Hallelujah! This morning we're going to we're going to celebrate with communion, and Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, and so we can remember him. This is the time to remember him. Remember what he did. But what he did was not so that we could just camp at he's forgiven me, but also move towards a future, a future that I've talked about this morning, where the Holy Spirit lives on the inside and and leads us and guides us, And allows that fruit to be developed in our life. And that there is no more condemnation in Romans 8. No more condemnation. No guiltiness. He takes that away. For those who are in Christ Jesus. And live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh. But after the dictates of the spirit. That walk after the spirit. Not of the flesh. And we've read it more than once in Galatians, and Romans, other places, that you do walk in the Spirit. I do walk in the Spirit. You do walk in the Spirit. And you can say that. I, I think we're, we're going to say that in a little bit. But sometimes when we say some of his word, and there's this little, oh, I don't feel that that's true for me. And there's a little, in, in, in here, in you that you feel like you're lying. But take care of that this morning. Because either you are lying or he is lying. And God is a man that cannot lie. So this word is true and it's for you and you can receive it. And you don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to feel those feelings like, oh, I messed up here. He takes that away. There is therefore now no condemnation. No need to feel bad. No need to feel guilty. No need to feel like, oh, I messed up. Oh, I was wrong. No need to feel that way. But know that you are led and called and chosen and a child of God. That you can stand guiltless blameless because Jesus has taken away the uh, the all the he has taken away all the sin he took the punishment for you and it's over it's finished that's what he said it's finished your sin is finished it can no longer touch you let's pr- we're gonna pray I think Shalane why don't you come on up And we're going to get ready to have communion. I don't know if the kids need to get called. Praise the Lord. No more condemnation. No more guilt. No more bad feelings about what you've done. It's over with. It's taken care of. He went to the cross. He dealt with that so you could move forward and live a guilt-free, sinless life. Walking in the Spirit. Having that fruit manifest in your life daily. Able to know what to do and where to go. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Exploits. Going out into all the world. Maybe not Ecuador, but maybe into Surrey. Somewhere. Langley. Places here in all the world, there's people here that don't know Jesus. There's people here that need to know who he is and what he's done in you because it's miraculous, it's marvelous. He has taken away your guilt and condemnation. No more guilt, no more shame. It's not yours. Doesn't belong to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327, or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.